Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Episode 100! Yeah! yeah. Part a- one. Insert some, like, or two. A- like firework <laughs> sounds and, like, a little boo, like, you know, a little, I don't know what those things are called, but it's a little Kazoo? Thing yep. I don't Kazoo know. Party blower things. thingies that look like tongues. <laughs> Chameleon lizard tongues. Yeah, pretty much. So as you're probably noticing from your feed, and I'm saying part one or two because I don't actually know what order I'm going to be releasing these in. Ah. So we'll find out. You are listening to either part one. You're listening to <laughs> A or B side of episode 100. You can listen to both. Uh, you should. Our B side is no worse than our A side. All every killer, no every killer. side is our A side. <laughs> every a. It's A and A one. Lol, what? <laughs> a no. prime. A prime. For yes. those math geeks out Weird. there. Weird. Yep. So yes, this is our 100th episode. We are dividing into two parts. You may notice that at the end of the last episode, our party split. And something that we've been kind of uh, known for pioneering in the actual play industry. Sure. Wait, really? Did we do that? Nobody else does that? I mean, no one else that I'm aware of, which means no one else. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I will say with 100% certainty yes. that no one else, period, does A-side, B-side episodes. So I am joined here by Jessica and Jordan. Yeah. Um, it's a little yeah. early, but I'll just refer to them as the Jenkins. Yeah. yeah. Jenkinses. We call ourselves that after J-squared. That come out, right? J-squared, yeah. yeah that was <laughs> if you didn't listen to the after party, uh, we're getting married, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be nerdy AF. It will be so nerdy. There's and if lemurs. you're listening to this in like eight or nine months, uh, it will be actually true. So uh, I am joined by Jessica Jenkins, I guess, uh, and her worst half. I don't know. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> her, worst, fired. her worst rolling half, Jordan. I, I like that you did say shots fired because that's my phrase. So that's, there you go. Very nice. Uh, but no, uh, we are not joined by Heather and Rachel. If you are uh, just Heather and Rachel fans, then you can skip this episode and go to the other part of it. Also, 100. we judge you. Yes, judge you harshly. <laughs> judge you. How dare you not like Sudi and his little cat face? That's I'm everybody's favorite cat folk, Sudi Kantar. <laughs> yes, this is uh, our 100th episode. Which is nuts, y'all. We've which been doing crazy. this almost two years now. That is amazing. That is crazy. We had a little banter about that in the after party. You can go back and listen to that because uh, I think we should get this ball rolling. Yes, let's okay. tune in again. I'm ready. When last we left our heroes, the party, having successfully rescued a number of freedmen now captured by the... Uh, the Knoll slavers in the southern portion of the Parched Dunes had returned these people back to, in many of their cases, their tribe. It wasn't actually in all of their cases, as some of them did not actually belong to the Akin tribe. Oh, yeah. they did promise they'd get them all back to their appropriate yeah. tribes eventually. Yeah, and some of them are actually from you know, further to the south and merchant caravans and so on and so forth, but <laughs> the best, actually, I think it was literally only three out of 12 or something like oh, that. Oh, <laughs> seriously? That's sad for those three people. Everybody else is like reunited with their families and then there's these three people in a corner just being like, sad. No, 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 it's the opposite. It's nine people don't belong to this tribe. Oh, okay, that's... Do. At least uh-huh. they can all commiserate together. So you're like, oh, okay, this is a this is a percentage of these people. You'd return them back. You had met with the tribal elders... Masika's sort of mentors. Uh, she'd informed me that she actually had a mentor amongst the three elders of the tribe, although that mentor herself appears to be missing, seemingly taken or captured by the cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh. The one that she's apprenticed to? Yes. Why is uh, she not apprentice an, and not journeyman? Not a princess, but apprentice. apprentice. Yeah. But why is she not a journeyman? Isn't that the next tier up? Like you do apprenticeship and Dude, then you Dude, I just a said apprentice because that's the word. It wasn't a squire. Not squire. 
And not Squire. All right, anyway. I mean, I was just going the Jedi route, where it's like, you only have apprentices and masters. Yeah. No, the, no, no. Yeah, There's Jedi no middle Knights. step. There's Jedi Knights. Well, yeah, they're Jedi Knights, and technically they're the Jedi Masters, and then they're the Council, and then there's a whole thing. Then there's the younglings, which aren't Padawans. But we're it's not getting too into young that. young to be Padawans, yeah. I guess. Weird. She's none of these things. She's just an apprentice. Should have totally gone with Padawan, though. That would have been hilarious. No. You had de-polymorphed the <laughs> null. Worst ever. Yeah. <laughs> which didn't get us a lot which of good information. Nothing. Yeah, we so have useless. basically nothing out of that. <laughs> better to it was, her. however, very weird. Oh, yeah. So, you know, on brand for us as a weird podcast. It shows how poorly that this group can, as, as great of role players as this we party is. We are awful interrogators. Like, just awful. And negotiators. And, gosh, we're bad negotiators. It's like, so what do you give me? It's like, well, we won't kill you. It's like, so my options are death or death. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you're giving me two death options, I see here. Um, I'll it's choose, a matter of how quickly and I'll painfully. choose the vegetarian option. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> uh, I think we should have just spoke to her when she was a lizard as a lizard. Well, I didn't have that spell prepared because I don't um, cast spells, so either, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I don't know. I can punch this lizard. That's all I can do. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> I can punch it, and um, yeah, I can punch it, but I can punch it big-sized. So at the end of the episode, the party had split their separate ways, and we're now going to focus on the epic adventures of Sudi and Hollis. Because I think I mentioned to you guys off air, the last time that we did this AC side, B side, and the two of you were together, Sudi had his eye ripped out. Well, yeah. this time I have Dimension Door. So the the fans have a very high <laughs> bar for this. Um, hey, Team I'm Solace little... is at it again. Yeah, Team Solace. I am a li- oh, we are Team Solace. <laughs> yeah, are. Speaking of artificially splitting the party, when you put it that way, I'm actually a little fr- afraid of what we're about to do. So this is not starting off well in my, in my mind. No, I'll Dimension Door you to safety. It's fine. Take me in your big, strong arms, Hollis. And very, teleport me to safety. My very weak, noodly arms. <laughs> I'll, cons- I'll consider this episode a failure if Hollis does not lose a hand by its time no. it's over. No! <laughs> Let's everybody, everybody needs dismemberment in their lives. No! <laughs> well, welcome to Find the Path. Come for the comedy. Stay for the dismemberment. No! Nine, 90% of the party will make it to the end of this adventure path. <laughs> no. the, last ten, the last 10% is actually just the missing just pieces, left along, pieces the way. left along the way. It's uh, gone so, to a weird place. Yeah. As we begin, Citra and Falto have made their way off with Masika and her husband. And, double uh, date. Yep. On their maybe their little double date. That thing. may have already happened. I don't know. Find out or not, <laughs> or skip that episode if you just don't like fun. How yeah? How can like anyone not like Citra? Hollis and Sudi, you stand watching them head off, watching the knoll dragged away here in this kind of uh, this open area located between the caravan that you're traveling in Falto's caravan and the tent city of the Bakken tribe well what do we do now I say we go and get into trouble why would we want to get into trouble shouldn't well, we just we like do? I don't know get the drink and that leads to trouble we get a drink maybe, maybe we're in a little you. tussle maybe we just sing a lot of karaoke songs who knows what's karaoke you sing songs that people know Loudly and drunkly. And usually badly. Isn't that what the bard does? No, badly. A bad bard. Are they drunk? Sometimes. A little rustling from the uh, the familiar satchel. We might also want to look into something pertaining towards maybe supplies or things that we might need for this road going forward here. Oh, I mean, that would also be a very good idea. You can't you understand said I can't me. understand it. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, Sugar says we should do something practical like buy supplies. 
I like that plan better than singing on tables poorly. Ooh, on tables. I didn't mention that, but that does sound fun. You said drunken adventures, and that always makes me think of the people who get too drunk and then stand on tables and make bold declarations. When's the last time we got to just hang out? Literally the entire time that we've been traveling here, the last, what, t- over two weeks? Boy, I was scribing some scrolls upon my various pieces of parchment. I had no time to just relax. That's why you never said anything when I was trying to get your attention, wasn't it? I was busy. So busy that you couldn't even say hi. I said hi. Didn't I? Did I say hi? <laughs> Roll for concentration. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. Well, let's take an inventory, I guess, and see what they, we can... I don't know what we even have to trade. What do we need? I'll try to get one of these fashionable tents. I'm going to find a cool in, hat. They come in bright, cool colors. You know what else we could do? We could see if we find any old timers and ask them if they know anything about any of this stuff going out in the desert. Because... Maybe, like, they're out here being nomads and whatnot. Maybe they've heard, like, legends or they have some information about, like, stuff that Osiriani history on Maine may have forgotten. Ah, that's possible, especially because they're having an oral history, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So they might have some things that were uh, (laughs) struck from the record. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I want a fancy hat. I like a nice rim. I look at my hat. It's getting kind of dusty. I could press the digitizer and make it less dusty. I could use mending to fix it up. But I feel like I need a nice, maybe something like decorative. To go on your hat that is not from here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How much do I have to pay to get a cool hat edition? Yeah. You guys can just head into the uh, caravan, the tent city, and see what you can find. We do. We wander. All right. I guess we'll go on like one of those shopping trips where you're not really looking for anything. You're just kind of looking around. We're browsing. The two of you leave the this small arena, the small proving ground here, and make your way back into the Bakken city proper. Once again, this is a place where the tents are bright and lively and colorful. Both of you receive a great deal of stares from the surrounding children for the long-limbed, gangly elf <laughs> and the five-and-a-half-foot-tall cat man. Precisely. That's Everyone here is shockingly polite, shockingly hospitable. Either of you can make a knowledge local if you so wish. I have knowledges. I don't have that. I, I don't know very much. Um, I rolled a four for a 14. Use okay. the chicken, Hollis. Oh, I'll use the chicken, Hollis. Okay, she might know a little bit more. Oh, that's, sorry, I thought that was a one. <laughs> oh, wow, her local's like an 11. Uh, she, she gets a 22. So, you know, you make your way through, ask a couple directions from people that direct you to the more merchantile section of the tent city here, which is actually closer to the oasis proper. Hmm. From here, you follow down the various paths between the tents and eventually make your way down closer towards where the oasis itself is. Stepping free from like kind of the rocky, gravelly, sandy area that's towards the outskirts where you were. And as you approach here, you eventually feel that soft the sensation of stepping onto the soft black earth that's left over after the inundations and the thick growths of vegetation just along the edge of the water here. Cool. Most of the vegetation at this point has been clipped down to almost the roots. Mm. And you can see at least 30 or 40 camels conglomerated around a, uh, a large portion of the water here. Mm. 
A number of people stand nearby, simply seeming to tend towards the camels, uh, many of them simply keeping an eye on on the water, mostly the riverway coming in. You think they probably ensured that there aren't any crocodiles in there right now, but kind of keeping an eye out in case any of them decide to wade their way upstream here. Mm. The area here sees, you're going to guess, the only visitors that pass through, although there don't seem to be a great deal. This also seems to be a primary trading place between the various, you guess, while the, the tribe as a whole are known as the Bakken, you're going to guess that there are various clans or families related to this. And as more and more of them have arrived and joined in the tent city, that they then come here to engage in trade. And as you walk in here, you can hear the shouts, arguments, debates, haggling, going back and forth between the various people here. All right. It's kind of hard to tell which one of these are residential tents versus which one of these are shop tents. Uh, and as such, it's only when you're kind of looking around and you're obviously the, you know, imagine for Sudi, this is a very odd sensation to be the outsider in his own country, but you're the obvious outsider here that doesn't know exactly what's going on in this small tent city as compared to Wati. Who knew Wati would be considered a big city? Yeah. You went from being a fish out of water in the oversized city of Tefu to now a fish out of water in the undersized tent city here. I know, I've got Goldilocks disease right now. Uh, everyone here is shockingly kind. They're more than willing to give you directions. They're surprisingly accepting, which, especially for Sudi, I imagine is something that you never envisioned for them because they're you are always under the impression that the people out here in the desert, that they're, for lack of a better term, xenophobic. Yeah. Uh, was the impression that you're already always given. <laughs> There's a soft clicking from down near uh, Hollis's hit. It is nice to be out here with these kind of people. They are real nice. I remember, uh, was that 20 or 30 years ago, we made our way, our excursion up through the, uh, the mana waste. Mm. Those are some rude people. They could have taken a lesson here. It's true. With Sugar's knowledge local, <laughs> uh, she would inform you that actually, while it is a common stereotype that the people here are very xenophobic, that it's almost as far from the truth as it can be. <laughs> they tend to be very accepting of outsiders, even though the tribe always comes first. Sure. But in addition to that, hospitality and respect are a currency in and of itself. And it's widely known that you don't deny hospitality or shelter to anyone. Under the impression that, of course, you will eventually receive that paid forward to you as anyone in the desert is going to be is going to have to rely on someone else. Fair enough. Even on yours and his good berries. That's true. Uh, Hollis, they're they're staring at you, clucking at the chicken. Oh, Ah, whatever. It's normal. Nothing to be afraid of. She's my familiar. They got familiars around here. Masika has a familiar. Most of them probably don't talk to their chickens. They don't seem like wizards, really. These are just merchant people. Well, yeah, but it's weird to see you conversing with your chicken. Also, I'm being left out of the conversation. Oh, sorry. She was just telling me a couple decades back we went through the Manaways. I spent a lot of time in the Manaways, but, uh... Them people is much, they're, they're like rough and tumble people, but they're not as nice as these people. Because they're very friendly and nice here. What's the mana waste? The mana waste is an area between Nex and Geb where these big bad wizards fought and like the whole land is real messed up. These wild magic storms come through and sometimes they'll do things like turn your colors backward or like I kill you, I guess. I did my thesis study in it. That sounds like a really awful place. Why would you want to go there? Oh, that's so interesting. Just a storm, except instead of rain, it's magic and weird stuff happens. That's that's very interesting. That sounds terrifying for those of us who don't understand magic on a good day. I don't think many people understand that magic. Weird. But that's what makes it fun. 
And you did a, you said thesis. A thesis. It's like a, Hollis looks at, looks at you and is like, I don't know if this kid went to school. It's like a long, oh, we read a bunch of books in the library. It's like a book from that library, but about a specific topic. And I have like an advisor type person who reads it over and we like work on it. And I have to present it to a council of people who are real smart. Oh, so it's like a school thing. It's a school thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I never had that, so don't have any idea what you're talking about. The actual writing of it's not that fun, but the research was certainly very fun. But you, like, write this about a thing mm -hmm. that you know a lot about because you went and did, like, some studying. Mm -hmm. And then you present it to people. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just, here's all the things I learned on this thing. Sometimes you do an experiment, and then you present your findings, and that's how all of the knowledge of all the things in the whole world is essentially how it was gathered and put in libraries. Oh. Somebody had to sit down and write it. I guess that makes sense, because I never really thought about what it takes to write the book. I was doing good reading. A lot of time, mostly. And research, if you want to be, like, accurate. Huh. Maybe I'll write the book. You could write a book. You could write a memoir. The Life of Sudi Kantar. The Last Eye of Raw. I have a new goal. A little side quest pops up. <laughs> writing your memoirs. We can work Step on Step one, it. learn how to write. You know how to write. <laughs> and how to write a little bit. I can teach you how to write. Ooh, we should, ooh, ooh. We should study. You can learn how to write. What language do you want to write it in? I write in Elvish mostly because that's my natural language. But I have like, I don't know, six or seven others I can teach you to write in. If I write in Osiriani, most people here would be able to read it. But if I wrote it in common, almost everyone would be able to read it. At least everybody who knows common. That's true. That's a wide audience. I don't know. I also don't know if my life is really that interesting. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of interesting. Ooh, and if we finish with this whole saving the world business, then that would be real interesting. Uh, if we actually succeeded this mission, I'm never writing any of it down because that could lead people back to the same stuff that well, if we're, if, weapons and if stuff. Well, if we put the artifact thing in and we deal with it and it's not around anymore, then, I mean, that's just a good story. Then Pathfinders is always writing about stuff like that. And they keep all their stuff in this big warehouse, and I'm real confused about that. That seems not very safe. What? It's not really a warehouse, I guess. You have to ask Falto about it. He was telling me all about this lodge thing, and I was like, I've, I've read a lot about Absalom, but I've never been a Pathfinder. I'm not really interested. I already have my own archaeology thing going on. He talks about that Grand Lodge or whatever all the time. Or he did when we were, like, on the walls. He talks a lot. So do you. Hmm. That's true. I've been told that before. So suppose you guys are, uh... You're heading around. You're going to go do some shopping. Uh, this place deals a lot in the uh, the barter economy, so that is going to be an appraisal check from okay. either of you to Not haggle cool. for some prices. Oh, Ooh, that's a, I'm run, smart. That runs on intelligence. You're no good at this. <laughs> I'm smart. So I think uh, I think we determined that Hollis is looking for something for her hat, and Sudi's trying to pick up. A, I think at the very least a one person tent. So yeah, you've got a some little place pup to tent slip. at yeah. least. Uh, right. So go ahead and give me an appraisal check from the two of you. Oh, no. Ah, boy. I get a 16 for a 26. I'm in the two crew with a two. Oh. That's that's what I roll, and that's what I get. Oh. Right. So, Sudi, you do find a tent. It will cost you five gold pieces. You don't know if that's a good deal or not. Um, But you're just kind of like, eh, it looks like it could crawl inside okay, of here. Okay, is it at least decorated in, like, the... Their style with like bright colors yeah, and stuff. It's it's very it's a number of bright oranges, reds, golds. Then we're paying for the artistic value of it. Yay. <laughs> All right. Sudi is not smart man. So yeah, it's just a, a tiny you don't know the quality of it, but it's just a tiny little one That's person a, tent. Yeah, pup tent. Okay. Yeah. 
And you just crawl your way in there like a cat in a little hidey hole. Uh, which, hilariously, Adora did the other day, and I took a picture of it, and <laughs> Jess was like, ah! Yep. You can post that on Because we got that when she first we first got Adora, and she would not go in it. She wouldn't touch it. She wouldn't do anything. Yeah. So she's finally accepted her little kitty tent. Uh, Hollis, you kind of poke. You don't find anything for the brim of your hat. Hmm. You do find this nice, maybe about two inches across or so, like lapis lazuli accent. Like a little, it's a little ovular gemstone with some silver filigree around the outside of it that you could clip onto the uh, the band on the top of your hat. Yep, I like that very much. You negotiate, you go back and forth a little bit. Starts out at 50, you bring it down to about 40, you bring it down to about 30, up back again. Ends up right around 35 gold pieces. All right. For this nice little like fancy addition to your hat. Don't you dare say you don't have any gold. I have gold. <laughs> I've, I've no. been used to this character being broke since the moment she came into the world. Sudi, can I borrow some gold for this hey, item how? that I don't actually Are need? we not selling this bottle? <laughs> we're not selling the bottle. We might need it for a quick escape that when we're rounding out of magic, because reasons. Uh, but Always have a mundane contingency. Sudi, you finish, uh, you finish haggling for this tent you kind of roll it up and fold it under your arm and after getting a tutorial on how to do that because i'm sure it's in a style i have never yeah. seen before but it's that thing where it's just it's held up by you know it has the stakes and it has the two uh posts on either end and then you just kind of put those in the center and then roll the entire thing up like one bundle so you could strap it on top of oh okay yeah as you're turning you look out and you're surrounded by these various tents there's the uh the hard-packed earth around you a kid rides by on the back of a goat oh. um you know like they do you see Hollis, who's about five or six tents down and is currently haggling back and forth much better than you are. Um, Why did we split the party even further? What's wrong with us? Well, she's, she's literally 30 feet away from you. I just wandered off. She's, oh, yeah, I guess. That's you're like keeping that. her in one move action range. How's okay, that? Okay, all right. We've got like an invisible tether between us, only 30 feet between us. Yeah, 40 feet since Sudi's fast. Oh, uh, yeah, Wallace, well, 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 freakishly fast i have yeah. weird long limbs or weird long limbs gangly <laughs> sudi you kind of you turn and begin to make your way over there off towards your right hand side as you begin to pass you can see that there's a small darker red tent something closer to a shade just kind of one or two colors brighter than blood with a number of yellow designs around the outside of it and an overhang like an awning a tent awning that protrudes off of the front of this held up by two stakes Beneath that, you can see this fine rug, which is covered in a variety of different incenses, many of which just kind of a soldier knows as you begin to approach, making your way past. Although a number of them, you recognize things, you know, frankincense, myrrh, jasmine. Incense of meditation. An older woman sits behind this, wearing clothing of a shade of red that almost matches her tent, and a shawl that's wrapped around her head of brilliant white with gold trim. She eyes you curiously as you pass. Sir. Who, me? Yes. My eyes are dim. Come closer. Oh no, she's the wolf. She's the big bad wolf. <laughs> Sudi cautiously approaches, not being aware of the story of the big bad wolf. <laughs> <laughs> the big bad crocodile. The big um, bad hippo. <laughs> big bad hippo that dresses in your grandmother's clothes. <laughs> the big bad clothes. hippo. It looks so cute, but it's so deadly. <laughs> Grandmother, what enormous mouth you have. <laughs> Body and weird. Grandmother, what strange little birds eating dead skin off of your head you have. <laughs> These are just my pleasant birds. Uh, now, she looks up towards you. As you lean down, you can't, you know, you've lived with humans your entire life. You can't tell if this woman is 
60 and leathery from decades spent in the sun or 90 and leathery from decades spent in the sun. Her eyes are kind of cataracts as she looks up towards you. Her hands have slendered down into almost talons as she gestures for you to lean down. Hmm. What? Guardian. Guardian? She reaches out one talon finger She's with one long stone. nail and just lightly touches the stone on your forehead. Uh, eyes raw. Yes. Do you know about them? No, I knew. I knew once. We would see them. She traces her fingers down through the sand, marking down a symbol that looks very akin to the eye of Ra. You're one of the desert tribe. I've not seen your kind in, oh, before my great-grandson was born. Um... Twenty... Twenty years? What year is it? I don't keep the timeline, so I don't know. 4714? Um, it's, uh, 4714? She eyes you curiously. Why are you here? I'm traveling with a caravan. We rescued some of your people and brought them back here. Uh, You're here to restore the balance. Um, balance? Mm. I'm afraid I don't follow. For thousands of years, the guardians have, have been here. The eyes of Ra safeguard the the old places of the desert and then they were gone first went the men taken by the sands that was in the time of my great-grandmother then the dwarves went south south into the fertile lands and then she reaches up a hand kind of places it along the side of your face, staring, again, leaning forward to the point that she's maybe a foot away from you to try to see you. Sudi's not pulling back, because this is, like, super interesting. And then the Amuran. They were gone. The Amuran? I'm not familiar with that term. The children of Sekhmet. Oh, that's my people. Sorry. The Um, children of Bast. Wait, they're the children of Sekhmet and Bast? Hmm. Those of both cat and man. Oh, that's me. Those in both worlds. The secretive places that only the felines go. So he's like completely enraptured by this? You do not know your people. No, I... I'm told there was a a great battle that all of them... Well, the, the children of Sekhmet were defeated that I was the only one that survived and I've grown up in Wati as an orphan and only recently found my my heritage out so no I I don't know anything about my past or my people that is very sad Mm, it is she looks around I don't see my grandson um what does he look like oh he would be here he must be out, out hunting. He told me the eyes of Ra are gone. She leans in close, but you, you are not the last of the Amuran in the desert. Wait, really? Where's, where's the other people? They roam still. My grandson saw them 
They were not the guardians of the temple, not the champions as you were, but you aren't alone in this desert. Huh. Oh, that's something. Um, do you recall where you last saw them? Or sorry, where your grandson last saw them? Oh, he said he was out in the dunes to the north beyond the pillars of the sun. But I'll let you in on a secret. What's that? None can survive in the desert without water. I see. Thank you very much for your wisdom. Mm. Incense? She holds up a bar. Okay. <laughs> One. Awesome. <laughs> Two. Buying that. Does she have any, like, good... It's like, catnip. No. No, no. It's one, of those, like, it's one of those, like, feel-away, feline hormone oh, like, things so you calming. plug into the walls. I'm, I'm so calm It'll now. even make me sleep for more than two hours. <laughs> Gracious. Um, yeah, I'm definitely buying some incense. How much is some incense from her? I mean, it ranges from two silver to five gold, depending on what you want to buy. Five gold. Okay. Yeah, you can get some nice fancy incense I'm from her. Some fancy incense and writing it down as such. <laughs> fancy incense. Next time we need to go on a vision quest. She smiles, nods, sells you the incense. I suppose you kind of make your way back. Uh, Hollis just finishes, you know, nailing her negotiation and haggling down from fifty gold pieces. Kind of takes this thing, clips it onto her hat. Very pleased. It's like Sudi comes bounding over. Oh, you got the stone too. Well, yeah, I got a little decoration for my hat. I like it. I like it very much. It's very cool. I've got news. Okay. This old lady, this incense seller over there, she said that my people, the last I, I'm not the last I have wrought, that there's other people from my tribe, group, whatever, uh-huh. they, they're roaming around. Somewhere he points to back north. and there's like, there's no one there. The tent's gone. What? No. <laughs> I was like, why? That's so cool. No. I imagine as soon as he turns around and she's gone, he freaks out and then she walks back out of the tent. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, where are they? She said they, they roam around, that they're not standing, like they're nomadic. But she said they're north and she gave me the hint that nobody can survive in the desert without water. So if we know where the places of water are, we could potentially find them. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah. And because they're nomadic, they might actually know where the places we're trying to get to are. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that also makes sense. But how do we find them? Find water. There's water here. I mean, there's also the merchant oasis. Okay. Um, I mean, there may be other places, other oases. Do I know of any other water? Mm. I mean, out in the open desert here? I mean, I mean not specifically. You it's can called make the parched dunes for a reason. You can make a knowledge geography if you so wish. Use the sugar. I'll use the sugar. Add a little sugar to Dang, that. Dang, sugar just always knows. <laughs> Throw some sugar on that. All right. In the name of love. Sugar gets a 20. Uh, Hollis gets a... Oh, I still beat sugar. <laughs> You've got all that geography. Uh, Hollis gets a 25. 25? I mean, I am kind of like an archaeologist type who like you probably studied a lots of maps yeah so. I put ranks in geography because I've like traveled all over this continent it's so. true have you only ever stayed in Garund you've never been to Avistan correct ah right, cool okay too many mysteries down here I to figure out I was gonna say there's a lot of mysteries in Garund they are literally called the Parched Dunes for a good reason. <laughs> there are very few sources of water if you traveled far enough north you'd eventually hit the Scarab River huh uh, which makes its way out of the parched dunes, out of the northern portion beyond the parched dunes, and then eventually makes its way, would make its way all the way into Thuvia. Hmm. Well, I mean, 
if we go far enough north, there's the Scarab River. The Scarab River was a clue for where to find something else, too. It's between the Scarab and the Crook? Which is also a river. Yeah, so, there's the two rivers. So, I mean, we could run into them there. If it had the right spells, we might be able to see if we could, like, get lucky. Oh, ooh. One second. Hollis, like, pulls out her spell book and starts rummaging. I could cast some divination, but I'm going to need a whole bunch of incense. So he's I, like, I know a person. <laughs> I can cast contact on the plane and we can ask somebody. Oh, that sounds cool. I don't know who cool. we can ask, but somebody from an out of plane. Hmm. Oh, uh, also, they said that my people are the children of Sekhmet and Bast. They're all catfolk. That makes sense because them, them cat-headed deities. Yeah, so I'm not alone. I'm not the only catfolk. You, you know you're not the only catfolk in the whole world, right? No, no, and I, I, mean, I know that, okay. <laughs> but I meant of my people, that there might well, be good. more. All right, good. That they're not maybe all dead. That okay, nice. that's good. Yeah. Well, who do you want to ask about it? Hmm. I don't want to ask Nathis. He's real flatty. What if we ask Sekhmet? <gasps> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Can you ask? Can Wait, can you mm-hmm. ask a deity with that? I don't know. Let me look up the spell. Uh, yeah, you definitely can. Yeah, absolutely can. It gives yes. you a better chance of Sooty success, but it gives you much greater penalties for failure. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of candle I want. Kind of gamble I want. Kind of candle. Kind of candle. You might be also able to see if Masika has any divinations. If only Masika was with us. I'm just saying, you could ask her when true. you get back up probably true. sometime later. We can ask questions with yes, no, maybe never, or some other word, one word question or answer. Ooh. Okay, that's going to be a little difficult. So how would you... Okay, you have to phrase it in something that can be summed up in one word. Is Sek... What kind of deity... Is Sekhmet like a lesser deity, an intermediate deity, an out, a greater deity? Uh, she'd be considered lesser. So it wouldn't be as bad as asking for asthma. Yeah. I mean, we could ask her. That seems fun. That's a great way to spend an afternoon. I say we do it. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, if it doesn't work, right? I mean, I might be a little dumb for a while, but it's worth it. What? It incurs a decrease in intelligence due to your brain being overwhelmed if I fail a check. I, I like that it'll just knock you down to average intelligence. Uh, I mean, you're not going to need your brain for a while, right? Whoa. Lesser Didi, it's three weeks to get this. I'll be dumb for a long time. It's DC 12, though. 14. Oh, Lesser? 12. Lesser yeah. Didi is 12. So I have to roll um, higher than a, a six or a six or higher. Yeah. And if it falls to. Oh, it's. If you, no, no, if you fail, it drops it to an eight. Oh, <laughs> real dumb. You'd be incapable of casting potentially for three weeks. That makes me okay. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Like, <laughs> ooh, ooh. doesn't know this. Ooh, I have a scroll of threefold sight that lasts for three. Oh, it's Tim has cast this. Never mind. Doesn't help. What? Threefold sight lets you roll three times and take oh, the median. Yeah, no, but you, that's only for immediate. <laughs> that rolls. only works for three. Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, I imagine you kind of you contemplate this. You're like, it'll make me really dumb for three weeks. Oof. Probably stop to go get some uh, some food. Do we think Jess is still like, contemplating it? I really want to do it. It's super fun. Hey, it's your character. If you want to be dumb for three weeks, that's up to you. I don't really want to be dumb for three weeks, but I really want to do. Also, you can't cast any more arcane spells for three weeks. Mm. Who can we cast that's not a deity? But you're suppose- making the face of I don't like what I'm 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 seeing here. Oh, she's putting it. She's putting okay. it down, guys. She's I'm making up. the face of I really, really, really want to do it. <laughs> Uh, does it help if I make the face back at you? No. Well, I suppose following this revelation, you contemplating your spell list. Try to find some kind of, like, I guess, gathering place where you might gather information. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a there's a larger tent area here that has a, basically a large central cook fire 
they're cooking an entire like haunch of goat on this. Nice. You can get uh get some goat, get some bread, get some goat cheese and uh yogurt. Goat bread. Goat bread. Goat cheese, goat bread, goat yogurt. <laughs> Is that gogurt at that point? Go- it's gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> Comes in these fancy tubes. <laughs> Weird. The future is now. I was going to say, are we in Numeria? Yep. Yeah, I imagine the two of you kind of settle down. Hollis pulling open her spell book and judging the risk versus reward <laughs> of literally trying to contact Sekhmet herself and ask questions of the deity. I mean, we could contact like a elemental thing. Elemental thing? I don't really know what's on the planet that, that tier that I would want to talk to, but like... I don't know. It's hot out here. Maybe somebody would know some. I mean, do you have to know who you, who and or what you're contacting? Or can you just be like, hey, somebody, here's my question. I'd- you send your mind to another plane of existence in order to receive advice and information from powers there. Powers reply in a language you understand, but they resent such contact and give only brief answers to your questions. Dang it. How dare you not want the influence of the, or the interference of the material plane? We're famous interlopers. It's basically like receiving a text message from someone you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but what do we even ask? Do you want to donate to this political campaign? No. I'm trying to think, because they only respond in, like, brief answers. Like one-word answers, like yeah. one-word answers. Because what I'd like to ask is, where are the nomadic groups of the, you know, Eyes of Ra? I mean, if we had the money... North. If- yeah, exactly. And, like, one <laughs> word is, like, north, yeah. which is not helpful. If Thanks. Only we had divination... Ooh! Can I poke around in the shop and see if anybody's selling divination tea? Isn't that a thing? I don't know. How much is divination I mean, tea? Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd have to have the augury spell, though, because all it does is enhance augury to become the spell divination. No, not a wizard spell. Okay. Ouch. So, uh, no help. let me guess, cleric only? I could buy a scroll of scrying, and we could just see, like, you're kind of a cat folk. I've heard of cat folk. So I just we could just throw it out there and see what happens. You have exactly. to have a knowledge, at the very least, and name of the individual yeah. that you're attempting to scry. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, Eye of Ra is going to be close enough. Yeah. Well, to an individual. Also, you know that there are, that none of them are Eyes of Ra. Oh, that's yeah, right. The, yeah, the, the Eyes of Ra are completely decimated. Yeah, but the children of Segment aren't. So, yeah. but there may be other cat folk out there. But every member of your people, the Guardians, the other living monoliths, are all dead. So I'm the last living monolith too. Well, those living monoliths. Just call me Sudi Kantar, the last. <laughs> How old, everything. But how old were you when you were taken? I, don't, I think I was like one year, like not even one year old, mm-hmm. like infant. Like, would you have memories? Could I find an old memory of Sudi and see your family? I don't think so. I don't so. think you would have been forming yeah. memories. No, I wouldn't have been forming memories. Dang. Yep. All right, I'm out of magic. Should I read in my backstory that I was five when it happened, but no, didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, the two of you can stop. You grab some food. You settle in. You're most of the way through eating before the tent opens a figure makes her way in, kind of glances around, seems to note all of you and approach over before flopping down on one of the pillows that surround the low table that you're sitting at. Uh, the woman pulls back her hood to reveal the bright, shining, energetic face of, uh, again, the ironically named elder of this uh, mm. tribe, Ka'ad, who you spoke with previously. Oh, hi. Are you enjoying your uh, your time amongst us? Yes, it's you're very hospitable here. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. This is not what we're, the rumors were about your people inside of the cities. What do they say about us? They say that you're hostile, but I don't know where they get that Im- impression because it doesn't at all match what I'm seeing here. Mm. They say that you don't like outsiders and that you're not welcoming. Well, I mean, that depends. On what? 
Well, if we find you in the desert, we're going to take care of you. If we find you lost in the desert, we're going to take care of you. If we find you crawling out of a tomb... You're not the one to take care of them. Well, we'll take care of them. Different kind of taking care. Ah, I uh, see what you did there. Ah, uh, you saw what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. The two of you look very serious. We were talking about cat folk. What's oh. no. I'll run. I'll rub Armor, armor. Amarun. The, uh, my people, the Amarun. I've learned that there might be more of them around. I mean, I've never seen your kind, but some of the elders before me, I imagine, have. Your people have lived in our land for a long time, but yeah. they're much fewer now than they used to be. That's what they told me. We were just trying to figure out how to maybe find them and do a little family reuniting. Reunited. So how are you going to find them? I don't know. I was thinking about just contacting Sekhmet, but I don't want to be real dumb for a long time. She <sighs> leans way forward across the table. Oh, really? <laughs> You're going to do magic? I was thinking about doing I've magic. I've never seen wizard magic. Wizard magic is very fun. But is I don't it wanna... like regular magic? What do you mean? What's regular magic? Isn't all magic extraordinary? The divine magic, the other kind. Oh. I just... I wake up in the morning, I have magic, and oh, that's it. Oh, you don't even pray for it? Nope. Uh, I well, do some morning meditations and things like that. She doesn't even have to play with an animal or a construct. Oracle. Yep. I mostly read my magic book here, and then um, I memorize the things out of it, and then I can kind of use them. And I can add new stuff into it, which is pretty nice. She went to school. Book. Mm-hmm. I pull out my book. She went to a place to learn how to do all this. Yeah, wizard magic. Sorcerers are kind of like you. They wake up, they have magic. Do you have to, like, write in blood? No, no, it's just magic ink. Hmm. You don't have to, like, uh, contact demons and devils and sell your soul? <laughs> no, I mean, there's some that do that, but, I mean, I don't generally hang out with that kind of folk. She props her elbow on the table and puts her chin on the palm of her hand. That is so fascinating. Yes, yeah, magic mo- is sense, fascinating. Sense motive. Is she, like... Flirting? I get a weird so vibe like she I'm might be flirting. <laughs> I don't I don't see anything. I get an eleven. Or a five. I get a twelve because I rolled a three, but Hollis is like, oh, somebody likes magic. I'm here for this. Now she just seems to be very in, intense and interested. Cool. Why are the two of you here? Lock here physically in this place having lunch? Why were you lying earlier? Wait, what? Well, we can't really talk about that in front of all these people, and also we had like a big pass, a lot of problems, and people are in danger. It's a whole thing. You you can come back to my tent. I can talk to you there, or... Go what? <laughs> <laughs> no, she I... wants to know why we're not telling her about the artifact on your dang oh, head. My, not all of Jessica's right. characters are lesbians. Also, Hollis is ace, thank you. It never comes up, but this is Hollis's life. Okay. Doesn't mean you can, she's not flirting with you. I mean, I think she just wants to know what we're hiding. Oh, uh, but we can't tell her about our, like, things. What if that puts her in danger? <laughs> Yes. How about you do your job for Rasmin? What is my job in that situation? Keeping it from being discovered. Well, <laughs> kind of a Nethus thing, too. <laughs> Look, yeah, I know we were talking a little bit earlier, and I know Mara can be a little intense. And I apologize for it. She's actually really nice after a couple years. Sudi <laughs> um, looks incredulous. We like Masika here. Okay. And I may have convinced her to travel with you. Okay. And I want to make certain that you're not leading her into any undue danger. Ah. If that means that there's a way that I can help you and you can be honest with me, 
I would like for you to be honest with me. I mean, we are leading her to find a very deadly cult leader, which means there's lots of danger. Well, let me put it this way. A river has danger. The crocodiles you don't know about are what kill you. That's fair. I don't need to know everything, but I want to know what she's getting into. And I can help you in exchange. What do you need? Sense motive. Yeah. <laughs> no, Very like, hard sense motive. Central. Can I'm I trust central. you? Also, we need an adult. I need an adult. <laughs> I know I'm 165. Gracious. I need an adult. You're barely an adult by elf standards. I've been an adult for 65 years. Okay, I did okay. I rolled a 10. I got um. I got a 19. Mm. Rolled an 11 for a 17. Uh, she seems to be very legitimately concerned about Masika and not necessarily distrusting of all of you, but she seems to have, at the very least, rolled well enough to determine that all of you were obscuring the truth. Dang it. Curso's not being able to successfully lie. I was not built for lying. Yeah, definitely not built for lying. I, I don't build characters for lying, generally. I can tell you some things. We can't tell you everything on account of the last guy we told everything killed our friend. Look, uh, I don't need to know everything, but is there... There may be additional things that we could discuss in a more private setting than we would here publicly. Tudi looks around at all of the potential eavesdroppers. Well, Mara's taking care of some other things amongst the tribe. She's mediating a few disputes. She kind of rolls her eyes so we can talk. And maybe I can help you. The fact of the matter is, is she leans in close. The situation is getting very dire. What situation? We are losing more and more people every year to this cult, and they need to be dealt with. Masika mm-hmm. has a number of motivations for why that needs to be done. So do I, actually. All right. And if I can speed you along your way, I would be happy to. If you can provide me truth, I can provide you magic. Hollis thinks, I don't know what magic she could give uh, us that we so need. So I want a sense motive to get an idea of kind of how, what level she's on compared to bring compared to us. Okay. I roll as my usual garbage. Um, I get a seven for a 13. Mm, no. I don't have a clue. Yep. Dang it. Well, let's go find the private place. You can make it extra private. Then we can talk. All right. And if you're willing to be helpful with me, maybe I can be helpful with you. Uh, you're looking for your people. Yes. Do you, do you know any of them? Do you have anything from them? A stone in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say my special stone. Um, the only thing I have with from them is the stone on embedded in my head. But otherwise, no, I don't have anything. Hmm. Good luck scrying on that. I could maybe help with that. Really? It's usually better. I can... Here, let's walk and talk. All right. We do it. Hollis is like, I think we need Citra. I'm not very good at this. Citra is much better than me at this. We are so bad at lying. As you begin to make your way, she leads you through the tents here, leads you back across all the way back to the large tent where you first met with her as well as the other of the uh, the eldest, leads you inside the, the red shaded rooms to a small side room. Uh, with a comfortable-looking spread of basically pillows and a number of different animal furs, which sits off towards one side. This is like the side room that Masika was pulled into? Okay. She closes the tent flap. So, I can offer you an assistance if you wish. I don't know how useful it would be to train you. I don't think I have time. In what? I know a ritual. For what? To open a doorway. 
Like a dimension door? Uh, more like opening a tent flap from the living to the dead and calling to the spirits on the other side. Does that sound like anything I have ever heard of? Uh, you can make a knowledge religion or knowledge arcana. Use the chicken. I rolled real good. Well, good for you. I'm going to make an arcana because I've actually studied that. Like a lot more than religion. I get a 35. With a 35, this honestly sounds like some sort of occult ritual. Hmm. Oh, fancy. Anyone can actually attempt rituals. You don't even have to be a spellcaster. But the process is extraordinarily dangerous and fraught with peril. Oh, of course. Oh, that uh, sounds fun. They usually require strange and in- intricate incantations and are often challenging to perform with precision. And failure can usually weaken the casters or even unleash horrors upon the world. Even with successfully performed, uh, each cult ritual usually has a price, a backlash that affects at least the caster leading the ritual and often those assisting in its performance. Ooh, doesn't that sound like fun? We should totally do it. I mean, that sounds fun AF. It's um, super dangerous, and thus we should do it. What's the worst that happened? We let Cthulhu out. No big deal. Our lathotap. <laughs> <laughs> our lathotap. Uh, Jessica, as, as a player, is very conflicted. I think we should... Okay, she can teach it to us. We don't have to use it. Yeah, uh, but, the, the amount of time it would take me to teach this to you would be very long. Like, how long? I also don't know if any of you are capable of actually performing it. I mean... It is the most complicated ritual that I know. Wait, so does that mean she's not an oracle? No, she's an oracle. She can just also do this. Oh, yeah, I guess. I, she probably she learned it from somebody who is more of a... Hollis is very tempted. But Jessica's like, it, I can't okay, tell this lady thing. Uh, as a Nethian, you should want this. Yeah, this but is also this is a secret of the Church of Nethus that I'm not supposed to tell people. We don't have to tell them that. She wants to know what we're hiding. Um, it might be a workaround it. It would take me about a week to probably try to tre- teach this to you. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know if you'd be capable of learning it. Then why offer it? I would be capable of using it right now as I have learned it myself. Ah, I, I understand. I could part the veil and provide you with some information. Oh, hmm. okay. I mean, that sounds good to me. I don't know about you, Hollis. So we do know a couple of things, and I just want to verify a few things. Okay. Okay. So, firstly, you are looking for some location that seems to be the same place that this cult is looking for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there something dangerous there? Of course. That is. Like world ending. Well, Syrian ending. Well, Syrian ending. It could be world ending. I guess it depends on how you use it. Mm. This... Um weapon for lack of a better term is magic the like that we don't have anymore lost magic in the wrong hands it could potentially shift the power in this area the whole region I mean even beyond Osirian Mm. that's so neat it's so neat I'm very excited about figuring out how it works and then not using it for evil our desire is to stop the cult from finding it and Hollis may not like this, attempt to destroy it. I don't like that at all. I know you don't like that, but we're going to. (sighs) We're certainly going to put it in a museum or something. We're not putting it in a museum. It's a whole building. (laughs) I'm I'm just imagining this this thing is basically a rail gun. I don't know. We don't know. Magic rail gun. All right. Do you think you have what it takes to stop them? I think if anybody does, it's us. We are... I think we could have had him. I think he was... Close. I think we could have had him that last fight. We might have, but, well, so, to kind of get the full story, 
we were doing research in Tefu. We needed to get into um, restricted vaults of knowledge from the Temple of Nethys. To do that, we had to do several favors for um, powerful... Uh, Mama Nafra. Mama Nafra, uh, Van Better, the Pharaoh, so on and so on. Many titles. Um, we happened to run into an individual we know as Kabek. He... Pretended to be Onuris's friend. He pretended to be our lost compatriot's friend. Uh, helped us in our research. And... Um, Near the end, once we had figured out almost everything, he set an ambush for us with his people, the cult. Because he had turned our other friend into stone. Well, that's how he lured us. And we lost our friend on Eurus. So the problem is, is that we had to flee the battle. And when we came back, on Eurus's body hadn't been touched, but he had a journal where he had written all of our information, all the research that we'd done, all the things we'd learned problem is is that it gave a huge leg up to the cult i think so we need to find them because we may have inadvertently helped them and we can't let that stand i can't let that stand oh no we certainly can't let that stand okay and she turns looks polished directly in the eyes i need to know for certain you aren't planning to use this weapon the world ending weapon I think we might have to use it exactly one time because we need something out of a flying pyramid and the only way to bring it down is going to be shoot it with that weapon. Flying pyramid? Yeah, that's mm. a thing. We neglected that part of the story. Hmm. Okay, well, this just got very interesting. Yeah, apparently a long time ago there was flying pyramids. Have you seen any? <laughs> she wouldn't be able to see it. It's probably cloaked by magic. Yeah. No, but uh, our people are in desperate straits now and we need this cult dealt with Mm. and if I can help you then that's what I'm going to do Mm. and I know my sister may not necessarily agree not literal sister figurative sister but Nima was the strongest of us Mm. and if they have her do they have her all my divinations have pointed towards yes but they've also pointed her still being alive as I've attempted to contact her spirit and I can't which means that she must be alive Mm. did she have any Unique insights or abilities that would be helpful to the cult? Perhaps. We each do. Uh, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, what was Nima's? The ritual to become one of the eldest for our people requires an individual to go through the desert and into the mountains. Without food, without water, until the gods present themselves. Okay. This grants us a certain degree of insight and power within the desert. Ah, okay. I'm on the younger side of the people that have done it. Not the youngest, but the power that an individual possesses grows. Nima knows the desert more than anyone. They're she, using her to find the site. Uh, most likely. She would never willingly help them. But there's magics that can compel obedience. Yep. Potentially, but it would have to be a powerful spellcaster. He's a powerful Fortunately, yes, the leader of the cult showed himself to be exceptionally capable in magic. At least as powerful as I am, if not a little bit more. And one of his specialties seems to be enchantment magics that are used to manipulate people. I'm going to need a favor. Hmm. We know Mare and I must, what must be done. The cult must be stopped. Mm-hmm. And if that requires that you stop 
Nima as well. There's ways to get rid of that type of magic without killing the person who's been cast upon. Absolutely. And more likely than not, if she's being magically compelled, then the only thing that she would, well, one of the only things that she would hesitate, she would not hesitate to strike down all of you. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't thaw us. But Masika was her direct apprentice. Hmm. Mm. At the same time, though, Masika might, can be blinded at times by her emotions. Mm. Mm. If you can save Nima, please. But if not, the cult must be stopped at all costs. Well, that's just one more thing on the list of things that we have to do without trying to kill people. Mm. I would not tell Masika. I know she has it in her mind that, that she will succeed. That she can save her, but our people come first. Mm. Understood. So now we have a difficult choice. Well, ain't that always the way? Well, in that I can perform this ritual, but it takes a part of me. Uh, if either of you could assist in the ritual, that would be beneficial, but it will also take a part of you. What do you mean a pot? It, it drains a person. Sometimes for a few days, sometimes for a week, it will it will make things more difficult. I could attempt the ritual multiple times, but I cannot risk the, the danger. Mm. I could perhaps use your stone to view into your, your past, Sudi, mm. to speak with the last bearer of the stone even, mm. to channel the spirit of that warrior into my body so that you may speak with them. Alternatively, if there are any members of this this cult that you know of, that you've dealt with, that maybe I could contact their spirits and possibly ascertain information directly pertaining towards them. I can go ahead and say the second option isn't going to work. Every single one of them. Actually, no, there is one person. Really? Somebody you knew, Merit Hetev. Merit Hetev? She seemed surprised that her tattoo went off and and killed her. She wasn't... I don't think... She didn't want to die. So maybe that would be our our person we could contact. I mean, she could have been pressured into it. I mean, you I, I had always assumed that she had been the one to kind of lead, maybe kidnap my friend. But I mean, it seems like it might be the other way around. We were always very close... I could only safely perform the ritual for one or the other. I'll let you choose. Mm. She looks over towards Hollis. I could provide you with some scrolls. Scrolls that may be able to instruct you in the ritual. Although it may be something more along the lines of Masika's abilities than yours. Hmm. I don't know how skilled a conjurer you are. I'm not bad at it. It's not a barred school for you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I can take the scrolls and figure it out. Well, I mean, if you feel confident in that, I would like to know about my people. All right. So let's do it. Once again, I would not overuse the ritual. Even succeeding takes a part of you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they can be quite dangerous. I've heard of rituals like these. And failure can be even more so. Mm. Well, then we won't fail. All right. So I can offer either of you to attempt to participate in the ritual. It would require a knowledge of extra planar powers, a strong personality, or a deep understanding of religion. Oof. Sudi has none of that. I know quite a bit about the the planes. Um, I mean, I know a little bit about the religion, but I wouldn't be exactly considered a scholar of it. I'm helping then. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I think that means you're helping. Kind of wanted to do it myself because this seems very geared towards me, but my character's not built to be strong personality because I have yeah. a 10 charisma. Yeah. And all the wrong knowledges. You don't have knowledge of the planes. Uh, yeah. I don't have knowledge of planes. Yeah, so it's like everything that I don't have. You want a lot of wisdom? I got you. You want some dexterity or strength? I got you. <laughs> you want knowledge? Uh, I got the most in engineering. I got you. Magic's not my thing. So, it would just be you and I, Hollis? All right. It'll take about an hour or so. So, uh, I suppose, Sudi, make yourself comfortable. There's some dates over there. There's some cool water out in the uh, the central lounge area. And if uh, Maris shows up, tell her not to interrupt me. Do we need his stone? Or his head with his stone? <laughs> I can't remove the stone, so it would be me. All right. So, uh, in that case, you know, the, the two of you settle in. Sudi, you just kind of sit between Cot and Hollis. That's not awkward. Hollis pets you I'm, to make you feel even more awkward. I'm the crystal ball in this situation. Gaze into my stone. I guess I let Sugar out so she can go eat dates while we wait. Sure. Because I don't want any parts taken from her or whatever. Yep. I don't know. Do we have... Can we put like a do not disturb sign in this room? Pull the curtains and put a little do not disturb sign on? Ritual in progress? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Dang, that means she's a very powerful spellcaster, by the by. Mm-hmm. You settle in. She grabs all the components that you'd need, setting out a variety of incense, starting to burn those. At some point, kind of stopping. It's like, it's not actually necessary for the ritual. I just, I like the ambiance. Yeah, it's nice. Lights a small brazier, settles the three of you around it. She falls into the casting. For a long time, you sit here as she goes and chants, calling upon the powers of the old god, calling upon Osiris and Ra and Horus and Isis and Bastet and Sekhmet and Anubis and so on. Hollis, you assist to the best of your ability. Hmm. A lot of it is focusing your energy. A lot of it is, is channeling your ability. You can feel the tenuous magical energies rolling through here. Conjured pure energy. Not necromatic of what you would probably initially expect considering the fact that you're opening a gate into the land of the dead. Yeah. However, this seems to be some sort of calling spell. More of a conjuring the spirit forth hmm. than manipulating the energies of death itself. You know, Sudi, I imagine you kind of spend the next hour going through the gray area of this. I mean, this is a spirit already beyond the Pell, already given over to its proper reward. That you're, you're kind of coaxing back yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, it's... But like, you are politely doing it. Yeah, it's it's not like Speak With Dead, because Speak With Dead is like an echo of the person. It's not actually calling back the spirit, right? Yeah. Speak With Dead is an echo. This, however, is actually calling the spirit. Yeah, so that's a little... Uh... I'm sure Phrasmans have done it in the past, but we don't like to do it. After a while, you know, Sudi, you're not you're not even a caster in this. You're more of a focal point. I'm the focus. I'm a material uh, focus. There's this weird element where at some point, the three of you feel a connection uh, as the occult powers of this course through you. Hollis, you can sense your own mind, the boundless maze of memories and arcane formula and esoteric lore and almost eidetic collection of information just stored in the infinite hallways of your mind palace. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, I now realize that if Sudi knew it, he would ask, are you a doctor? Because he did a thesis, but... (laughs) This almost comforting, warm landscape that you can feel all the, the energies, the thoughts 
you know, across from you, you can sense caught. You can sense this. Whereas yours is this this almost library of lore that you can feel this this regimented, not really regimented so much as this collection, like a very comfortable reading room. Mm. Touching the mental energies of Cod is like opening a window into a summer storm. Mm, my. You can feel energy and creation and bubbling chaos and barely constrained power. Mm. The swirling mass of just creative forces the rains that can give life and the winds that can rip it down <laughs> next to you, you can feel this connection off towards your left you can feel this touch on the mind of Sudi. this in his case actually regimented this sense of of hallways of this this open space being as young as Sudi is the fact that you have well over 100 years on him mm. uh, like 120 like I think. almost 150 years yeah. something like that you can feel this it's almost not in an insulting way to Sudi. It's almost like this monastery or this temple full of hallways with these all, all these rooms just waiting to be filled. Hmm. That boundless curiosity that he exhibits in an extraordinarily regimented mind that the temple has hammered into him in his years of training. Hmm. It's then that you feel a fourth presence. Creepy. Sudi, as you're sitting here, the incense begins to steadily swirl around the outside of the room Ooh. the brazier that sits between the three of you darkens dims and extinguishes before a soft kind of bluish glow as blue flames flicker up from within the base of the brazier here you can feel a heat in your veins almost as if you can sense the energy pulsing through you almost as if you can sense your caw Disturbingly, there's an echo to it, as you can feel the power of the call, the power of the artifact that you wear, Uh-oh. the call calling to it, ah, no. being a battery, a bastion of spirit energy. Ah, bad. You can also sense and almost see a thin line of smoke seeming to trail out from the stone in your forehead. Good stone. At some point, though, Cod's hand raises up, lifts gently as she extends index and middle finger and touches it to the stone in the center of your head. The spirit is coming. You won't have long. Okay. Ask the questions you can. Mm. He seems pleasant. Mm. She cocks her head, closes her shockingly bright eyes. I am returned. Apologies for returning you to life briefly. I do not know where my kin are. I am told I am the last living monolith, and I am told that there are other children of Sekhmet, nomadic groups that wander. Where would they go? I need to find them. The spirit seems to cock its head, inhabiting the body of this woman. The last. If the temple has fallen, they would travel north, the secret oasis. Where would this secret oasis be found? What landmarks are around it? North, past the temple of Sekhmet, that our people have held for 5,000 years. North, past the six pharaohs, standing in the open sand, buried but not forgotten. 
north in the Great Basin. Did you have a son? Oh uh, yeah, I guess I should ask, who are you? I was called Terra, leader once of my people, until I fell against the Death Worm. Oh, I really want to ask about that Death Worm, but I feel like that would just get us off on a tangent. Every 50 episodes, Sudi gets backstory. I know, right? <laughs> it's like a happy something that's divisible by 50. Did he have a son? Did you have a son? Yes. I had a son. His name was Kahir. Like, so he like glances over at Hollis and kind of like shakes his head like, that's not me. Kahir's wife was carrying a child when I died. Maybe that's baby Sudi. Because technically my, going back 50 episodes, my mom survives and then dies giving birth to Sudi. So he's my grandfather. I believe Tedesura, uh, episode 50, Tedesura told you that it was the stone belonged to your grandfather. Oh, well, then this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> tell him. Then I believe that makes me your grandson. I'm the child that the woman was pregnant with. My son is dead. Yes, I'm the last eye of Ra. Then you must succeed where we failed. I don't know how to do that. I... I've had no training in how to be a living monolith and protect a site I've never been to. What can I do to learn this? You have partaken in the ritual. Yes. I wear the stone openly and proudly. Then you should let your spirit guide you. Do what you think is right and just to protect our land. What you think would make your father proud. Sudi has one of those weird moments where he's thinking, I never really met my biological father, but he thinks back to his adoptive father, Gerard. I think I can do that. Did your people keep any records? You could also learn from that. Mm. Did we keep any records? Anywhere that I could go for more information? The walls of the temple tell the story of our people. Nice. If you are to go there, you must not enter the inner sanctum. Mm, I understand. Why not? The city like shakes his head like, I don't know. But <laughs> when when a spirit says... You can tell that the spirit's beginning to slip yeah. away. You have perhaps one question remaining. Uh, What's in the inner sanctum? What's in the box? Where is the location of the temple? In the western shadow of the pillars of the sun overlooking the parts dunes does that line up with what we've been told because we also have other sources that have given us similar you directions. do know that falto is searching for where his father went which seems to be on the western face of the pillars of the sun okay so that lines up then good she shudders my grandson I am sorry I never met you, but if you are here, if you bear the stone, then you walk with the strength of all your forebears. I bore that son stone as my father before me, as my grandmother before him. For thousands of years, the spirit of all of our people 
lies within it. Do not fear, my child. You cannot fail with all of us supporting you. Please return to your rest, and thank you very much for your guidance. I will prepare a place for you in the halls of your ancestors. The hand slides free from your forehead. <gasps> oh, what did I miss? Well, I mean, like the whole thing. Well, I mean, obviously. I mean, it worked. Did, did anything negative happen? Isn't it supposed to be like awful and horrible? Uh, for Hollis. Haha. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm waiting for the, the shoe to drop. <laughs> the ritual did succeed. Yay. Uh, first off, you become exhausted. All right. Uh, Secondly, you've taken uh, one temporary negative level. Ah, what? Owie. How long? Uh, You can roll to try to remove it tomorrow. Oh, okay. Uh, If you fail this, it's one permanent negative level. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) But there's a good reason why they don't try to do this multiple times in a day. Because Uh, you're already exhausted. Yeah. You feel the connection snap, Hollis, and you just kind of slump. (sighs) I'm sleepy. I imagine that had to be draining. It's a little bit. But did you find what you need? Yes. It's confirmed the location of where my family's temple was that they guarded. Where I can find out more information. As well as somewhere to go to find the remainder of my people. So it was very helpful. And it's given me a lot to think about also. I do hope that you can find your people. They were great warriors and true friends. To our tribe. Mm. It is sad that they've gone into hiding, but considering what they face, extinction, potentially. Mm. It makes me wonder if why they're still in hiding. Are they rebuilding their strength? Are they scared? Are they also being preyed upon by this cult? Mm. It almost makes me want to find them even more. Could be that whatever's in that inner sanctum was disturbed during the battle. That warning was especially disturbing. An inner sanctum not to go into... Mm. It could be just a holy place that no one is allowed in, or it could be corrupted by something. I don't know, that tone was more of a warning of dire dire bad things happening, and less of a don't go in there because it's holy top warning. It's true. As a rule, everything buried in the desert is meant to be forgotten. Mm. Mm. It's true. But if you find your people, if it would help, we would readily accept them. Mm. Oh, that'd be fun. That's good to know. They don't have to stand alone. Mm. I mean, they are a desert tribe. It's true. And a secretive one, but maybe not by choice. It sounds like they were at least known and traveled before, well, all this happened. Maybe they can once again return to that. Maybe. Thank you so much for your help. Of course. And again, remember what I said. Take care of our people, those that travel with you. We will. You said something about scrolls. Oh, yeah, for a little light reading. <laughs> Excellent. I'm imagining it's like a 50-foot-long scroll. Yeah. Hall's just like, okay, both it's, hands. It's six separate scrolls. Each one are 10 feet, so. Excellent. 60 feet of scroll. Hmm. And if you are going to attempt the ritual, be careful. This was a good casting. What happens when it goes wrong? A fatigue of, that cannot be recovered from by anything short of potent magics. All right, we'll keep that in mind. If you can, you should have at least four other people attempt the ritual with you. 
Okay. Wait, if we were supposed to have four people with us, why did you do it with just us? She's very strong. I'm capable of doing it on my own, but it is easier with at least four more. Eight, preferably. Hmm. Sudi is suitably impressed. But I believe that this was secretive, so the fewer of us, the better. That is fair. Mm. You should rest. I am very tired. Am I also with this negative level? Because I didn't really participate, right? You didn't actually. You were not a caster in it. Cool. I take my six scrolls and I go to bed to read them and sleep. Uh, you probably just fall asleep trying to read them. I also pick up my chicken out of the date bowl and put her back in <laughs> You put her in your satchel, you put these scrolls over, and you're like, Sudi, carry me. I'm sleepy. This, I, I, like the, I like the idea of there was like a bowl just steaming, like piled high with dates. We finished this thing after an hour, all those dates are gone, and there's one fat chicken just like laying on the yep. side. just like, <laughs> like, I'm for bed, honey, and I put her in my bag. <laughs> I kind of love that. I'm very tired, too. It's been a long day. <laughs> I agree. But I got a fancy thing, and I got magic scrolls to read, so good day so far. Oh, poor little Hollis tuckered out. I'm very tuckered. <laughs> I wanted to get drunk and have shenanigans, and instead I'm sleepy. <laughs> instead, we learned about Sooty backstory. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yay. And maybe in a few levels, we'll learn about Merit Hattaf. Yeah. I don't know if that was the right call to make, but there's also a part of me that after learning that is like, maybe we go, we get the catfolk, we bring them back, we build up a miniature army of super soldiers. <laughs> These magic. aren't even the soldier people. These are just the folks. Oh, yeah. I guess that is the... Oh, the yeah. cat folks. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. No. Yeah. Sorry. The only warriors were, I guess, the living monoliths. Maybe. Should people die? <laughs> <laughs> well, dang. I need to go collect a lot of costs. All right. Okay. Here's what we do. I'm going to go find Tedasura. I'm going to be like, come with me. Your people need you. I'm going to go pick up a bunch of stones and be like, Tedasura, is this one a magic cost stone? Is this one a magic cost stone? Is this one an ip stone? Is this one a cost stone? Is this one an ip stone? Ip stone? Yes. And then I get a bunch of them and I go there, make them all living monoliths. Boom. And then, like, it trains into a little montage of me, like, doing the little punches and everyone will be doing, ha, ah! behind me. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this, but it's a good thought. <laughs> Sudi rebuilds the living monoliths. Maybe you, after the yeah, adventure. That could be a retirement plan. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, if I get to 10th uh, level living monolith, I stop aging. There you go. And become immortal, so. Forever. I would have lots of time to train everybody, huh? Oh, uh, Hulk's like, finally, someone that'll outlive me. <laughs> also, not going to lie, when you were ta when when Rick was talking about your family and my father before me and everything, I was just sitting there thinking about the Avatar state and how you see all the previous Avatars. Yeah. It's like, Sudi is the Avatar. It's true. You go into your cost state and you can see all, state. Your, <laughs> see all your previous incarnations. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But you, the two of you navigate your way back through the camp, make your way back into uh, the caravan where everyone is set up here. Oh, Hollis does request that you bring her some lovely tea because she deserves it. <laughs> Sudi inexpertly makes tea. Well, buy some tea that's made nicely and bring it to me. <laughs> okay, I like how this goes. Sudi, I need some tea. Sudi's like, okay, I don't know how to really make that, but okay. And she's like, no, you need to go buy it. And Sudi's like, you know, the closest like tea seller is like 100 feet away. And Just she's talk like, to the dang dwarves or something in here. The halflings. They got a lot of food. Give me some nice ooh, or a drink. Ooh, do we have any wine? This is a settlement of at least uh, 300 people. There must be a Starbucks. <laughs> Star clucks. Star clucks. <laughs> I require coffee. <laughs> but actually, I want tea. I'm sleeping. A chamomile. I need that special tea. Tazo tea. <laughs> 
I like uh, mine iced. Not that incense. Let's sleep. <laughs> All right. So here's what happens. Oh, I want some tea. Okay. Sudi running at 40 feet around, <laughs> sprints off, gets this tea, is like, do you have a travel cup? Sprints back. Tea. Thank you very much, honey. And I drink my tea. <laughs> And look at these uh, scrolls until I fall asleep. I, I was going to say, I like that you sip the tea and you look at your stuff, but you're doing that thing where you're already laying down. And before you know it, like the tea spilled on the side and it scrolls to the side and there's just snoring coming. I would never finish the tea. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I ran hard for that tea. So Hollis in your exhausted state, I imagine you, uh, you settle down, probably pass out before you've gotten through like the first foot of yeah. one of these scrolls. Um, Sudi guards the sleeping, exhausted wizard. With his only having to sleep two hours a night. Yeah, yeah. Sudi, you you spend a couple of hours, you know, hanging around here. There's a lot um, of contemplating happening. Sitting here with uh with Hollis contemplating the meaning of life, contemplating having potentially spoken to your grandfather. Wowzers. There's still that that warmth now. It's it's almost you've always been cognizant of channeling your call, of moving your call. Now, though, beneath that, there's this this sensation there of of knowing what your cause tapping into. Eventually, night comes on. Sugar wakes up at some point. Mm. She's not exhausted. That's true. She just went into a food coma. <laughs> uh, sits there, and the two of you kind of commiserate. And that I imagine you just kind of talk to her and she clucks back. You think she understands you at the very least. You don't understand her, but she can bob her head. Or uh, shake I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you a yes or no question. Give me a one, you know, one cluck for yes, two clucks for no. And it's like, dang it, she does understand. Yep. <laughs> you should understand common, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, Sudi can do his common and there's clucks and bob to the left for this, bob to the right for this, bob up and down. Hollis sleeps soundly in the back of the wagon. You imagine fold your knees on, under you, palms on your uh, your knees as you kneel, meditate, focus yourself. Feel the movement of your call through your body. This kind of awakened spirituality. You don't completely understand being a living monolith, dealing with the call stone. There were no real instructions given to you. It was just shoved into your forehead. You <laughs> swore an oath and to safeguard the pharaohs and guard Osirian. You kneel for some time. Feeling the ebb and flow of your energy. Feeling almost the ebb and flow of the camp around you. As the sun sets, the moon rises. The energy of the camp changes from the heat of the day to the cool of the evening. Music floats in from the Bakken people. Music drifting in from the tent city beyond. You don't know if it's celebrations or just effectively the nightlife here in the... uh, the camp, the the gathering together of the various tribes and people here celebrating another day pass, another day's success. You hear the crowds, the voices in the crowds. At that, I imagine you probably cock your head. You open your eye. There's no one here. I mean, there are people in the camp, but there's no one, no one near you. How am I hearing this? And then you turn, looking back towards the wagon... Your ear pivoting. It's coming from your back. Weeks have passed. The mask has never reached out to you. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it was like all the time with uh, Onuris. Sudi, wisdom that he has, wakes up Hollis. Mm, what? <laughs> the mask is making a sound? I think it's trying to talk to me. To okay. show me something. 
Put it on your face. I'll write it down. Are you going to open your eyes up? Mm-hmm. She, like, opens one eye. Sugar, get that up. Sudi reaches Pacha. into his bag, <laughs> grabs this weird old mask. I'll be in here, though, because, like, secretive and stuff. Closes the back tent and front tent flaps. Looks with a lot of foreboding. Put it on your dang face. I got my journal now. I'm ready. Uh, he puts on the mask. Sudi, <laughs> you lift the mask for the first time putting it on. Uh. The mask folds, reforms. Hollis, as you sit here, as you look across the tent, the shadow darkness playing through here, you hear them use the term children of Sekhmet. But as the mask conforms to his lionine features, you've never seen Sudi look more the part of Sekhmet. Sudi, you feel the energy flow through you. Since donning this mask, you felt your mind running faster. You felt your ability to channel not only your chi, but your own ka become so much stronger. As you close your eyes, the darkness comes in. The sound begins to amplify as you feel this connection to another, a different spirit. And while your ka stone allows you to channel your own ka and energy, this is something so powerful. Ah! You open your eye, and we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, seriously? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah! Why? <laughs> what? Oh, I don't like it. I'm afeard. Well, I mean, it's just going to show you something. It's going to be... I hope so. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.